welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess and I'm Lauren and we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. We are firmly into September now, which means one thing and one thing only. It's Gilmore Girls season! Today we are giving recos with similar themes to the series, small town vibes, mother relationships, coming of age, money in class. This episode has got it all. I will follow anywhere. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> I'm very what excited. a tune! <laughs> you know, so many series. I'm like skip intro, skip intro. That's one of the only ones where I'm like, I'll yeah. I'll have a little jam to this. Do you know what has the longest fucking intro that is so unnecessary? It is actually Gilmore Girls. No, no, because it's on. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the morning show on Apple TV. Why is it so fucking long? <laughs> oh yeah, I see. I just skip that. But even when you skip it, it still plays you like 30 seconds of it because it yeah. is that long. But yeah, I, I always sing along to Gilmore Girls. <laughs> um, I thought that we could start off with some fun quick fire cues about the show. Ooh, nice. Also, actually, maybe quick precedent, is that the right word? I only watched it in full for the first time all the way through last year. I know. And mm. it's really had an impact on you. Well, it was one of those shows, like there's a few of them, One Tree Hill... You see a couple of episodes. They were just like always on the telly. Always on back in the day growing yeah. up. You'd like put on Channel 4 or whatever. And like, so you would yeah. see them. So like I knew all the characters, but I'd never actually done the full stint of them. Yeah. Um, no, it's well worth yeah. it though. Yeah. Okay, Lauren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like you to rank Laura, these men of Lorelei's um, for, for her best to worst. So not for you, for Lorelai. Mm, okay. uh, so Luke, Christopher, Max, and Jason. Oh, okay. Max is going last. Interesting. Yeah, I just, it's probably tied Max and Jason. Like I kind of nothing both of them. Right. Like every time they're on screen, I'm like, you're a blip. They're, they're, I just don't believe it. I like Max. Do you? Interesting. He's really sweet. He didn't deserve the way Lorelai treated him. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought, like, it, I just never believed it. Like, yes. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I want Luke, but I just feel like Christopher is probably, uh, I don't even know what the word is. But, like, if you were tying it in a bow, Christopher would be the obvious fit, right? Because you know, childhood romance, had a child young, they both like parted ways. And when you they come back together, they are they are good for each other and it's they're good as a family unit. So I feel like that is, you know, the 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 part of me that's very type A and just wants things to f- like fit in nice little neat boxes is like, well Christopher's the right for that, but I'm actually team Luke. Mm, yeah. We're going to come on to money in class as a theme, but for that reason, Christopher, because Luke will never fit in to what Lorelai yeah, doesn't want to point. be her world, but is her fucking world. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. so right. So I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, question for you. Are you team Logan, team Dean, or team Jess? It's tricky. Because I really did it's cling tricky. on to Dean for a while because I was like, he was so fucking nice to you, Rory, and you're such a nothing like this is at the beginning and then actually the treatment of Lindsay 
from Dean is fucking despicable and makes Dean a nasty man. I know. Um, Jess, I was like, nah, this man is going to drag you down, Rory. Fly, don't be held back by Jess, but we do love a broody, a tall, dark and handsome broody. And Logan, I love his little cheeky face. I love the way he calls her ace, but again, not right for her. So I just think Rory has terrible taste in men, like or really good taste in men, but they just aren't right for her. I I can't. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, but I um I don't know. There's just something about Logan where it's that little cheeky face. Yeah. <laughs> but he just like Rory is so not a casual girl, and she's like she tries to be casual with him, and it's like no, Rory. Honey. I know. Yeah. What when he had two boyfriends before this, like you're not there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're not chill. Yeah, you're just not. You're not worldly enough to be to be in this relationship. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've got okay. one more for you, which I don't even know the answer. Okay. Who is a better mother, Emily or Mrs. Kim? I'm gonna say Emily. Okay. Because well. look, I think her heart is always in the right place. Mm-hmm. I think she's just got a very messed up way of showing people. I think that's the same with Mrs. Kim, though. Like, her heart is in the right place. She just doesn't do it right. It's that's tricky. A good point, but she's also, oh, they're both very outdated, aren't they? <laughs> okay. I'm going to stick to my guns and say, Emily. All right. My final question to you was where do you stand on the reunion or whatever it's called? Oh, a year in the life. Year in the life. Yeah. So, my thoughts on a year in the life are that I was very happy for it because I finished I, I watched the last episode of Gilmore Girls not realizing it was the last one and then I was like oh my fucking god it's the end yeah so then when it was like a year in the life I was like oh my god I wasn't ready for it to be over but now I am um my thoughts are that Lorelai did not need to have the work done to her face that she did my thoughts on Warrior that for the whole of Gilmore Girls it fucked me off that she didn't enunciate but then when she did enunciate <laughs> a year in the life I was like that's not Rory um again I thought Rory this is not the young girl this is not what I wanted for you when you were a young girl what the fuck are you doing um but again I did enjoy it when she's just she's gone on she's her character development is interesting it is and it all all feels fake and unrealistic yeah yeah I agree I I, I agree but also like she was perfect for a really long time like she's Mm. due a rebellion phase she is so yeah I shouldn't really hold her back um and oh I can't remember her name but um the character then being Emily's cleaner I was like this feels really racist that she's just playing a Mexican (laughs) like we know it's her but apparently that was supposed to be like a jokey thing and she asked to do it but I was like do they think we're stupid like I don't understand what I'm watching yeah just felt really random what are your thoughts on a year in the life I needed it. I wanted it because I want more, just like with everyone with like friends. They're like, yeah. give us more. Um, unsure. How, I, I love that it's also set in different se- yeah. se- seasons. Yeah. So Gilmore Girls. I um, It all just felt a bit musical theatery. Yeah, which I don't mind. Yeah, no, I didn't mind either. Um. But it felt like quite fantastical um, and the ending. I'm like, well, well, what? Yeah. Carry on then. If that's how you're going to leave yeah. us, you yeah. need to do this Weird. every year. Yeah. 
they also like filmed it all in like two weeks which is just wild yeah suki we didn't even talk about suki oh suki she didn't even make reappearance because she's too big for her boots now i mean it's very not i see i didn't obviously in the episodes of gilmore girls that i had caught here and there she was never in any of them and so i didn't actually realize that that is where melissa mccarthy came from yeah (laughs) i was like oh shit okay um all right let's let's get into it Mm -hmm. actually before we do get into it (laughs) i just want to have share a quick psa for anyone who is seeking some autumnal why can't i say that word autumnal gilmore girl vibes the autumn episodes of Gilmore Girls, wait for it, are Series 1, Episode 1, Series 1, Episode 7, Series 3, Episode 7, Series 3, Episode 8, Series 3, Episode 9, Series 4, Episode 5, Series 4, Episode 7, 7, Episode 9, Series 5, Episode 10, seven, Series 7, Episode 9. That was really hard. Um, I'm going to put it in the show notes too. Yeah. You're welcome. Seeing it all listed out is like, why are, like autumn in one of the series that you said is like three episodes in yeah, a row, which yeah, makes total sense so why are some of the others just one episode? and series six nothing interesting mental. mental um okay so we are we're all warmed up let's get into the book <laughs> recos we are giving one reco per theme that is core to gilmore girls what what do you want to start with i think we should start with setting the scene in stars hollow mm-hmm. um so small town vibes and we couldn't believe that we hadn't yet talked about a really gorgeous book that we both absolutely loved which is one good thing by alexandra potter who you will know because she joined us on the podcast talk about confessions of a 40 something fuck and we still didn't talk to her about it still didn't. too much to talk about yeah too much to unpack um what i want to say quickly is that i did think about because I had just done my reread by audio of the switch, it's actually so fucking perfect for small town vibes because they have town meetings just like in Stars Hollow. Like if you, <laughs> if you like a Stars Hollow town meeting, then you want to read the switch. Okay. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we are talking about One Good Thing by Alexandra Potter. So Lauren, we drop the snob. Yeah. Liv Brooks is still in shock. Newly divorced and facing an uncertain future, she impulsively swaps her London life for the sweeping hills of the Yorkshire Dales, determined to make a fresh start. But fresh starts are harder than they look and feeling lost and lonely, she decides to adopt Harry, an old dog from the local shelter to keep her company. But Liv soon discovers she isn't the only one in need of a new beginning. On their daily walks around the village, they meet Valentine, an old man who suffers from loneliness, who sits by the window and Stanley, a little boy who is scared of everyone, hides behind the garden gate and Maya, a teenager who is angry at everyone and everything but slowly starts to change. It's gorgeous. Hearing you say all those names just then, I was like, I am back back. there. I can totally envision what I set out to be the cottage with the front gate and Harry waving hello to everybody. Cute, 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 cute. Um, which genre would you categorize this in just out of interest what so I have a genre that I don't think exists as a genre and should for me it's feel good yeah actually like that makes a lot of sense like it it gives you a little of everything restores your faith in humanity because some Mm -hmm. books are feel good but like I've got 
you know like romance is often quite feel good but this is a this is a community feel good about yeah. human beings feel good yeah yeah That's I was I going wish. like contemporary romance but I actually think you're right it's because the love story is there's a love story to it there's a romance side to it yeah. but there is also so much more beyond that yeah I mean the love story isn't even mentioned in the synopsis that you read no it's not not at all yeah. where's, where's that gonna come from who knows mm-hmm. never give a spoiler um it is just <laughs> like a hug in a book I, I recommend it to any of my friends that are like going through a hard time or a breakup or whatever I'm like just read one good thing but also yeah. then don't move up north because you're like because honestly this yeah. book will make you want to leave the city and get a, it really will get a raggedy old dog and a raggedy old house and like get a doer do a wrapper and yeah buy one of those clawfoot tubs yeah. yeah because it's written so lovely like it really paints this like but doesn't even paint it in an unrealistic way because there are you know flaws to moving away from friends and family yeah. and into a higgledy piggledy house that needs fixing up but you could I think if you were in a sad place and you wanted a project or like something to make you yeah. feel good and lots of fresh air like this is the book lots of big <laughs> walks you know get it in a book instead of doing it yourself yeah live vicariously yeah <laughs> um I adored all the characters and I loved that we got POVs from Valentine, who's the old man, Stanley, who's the little boy who's just lost his mum, and Ben, who's Stanley's dad, as well as Maya. And of course, our protagonist lives. So from that respect, it ticks our boxes, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I have to admit, Liv's dog, Harry, a little bit gutted that there wasn't, you know, a POV from him. I would have been really here for that. Oh my um, God, like in Lessons in Chemistry, yeah. like heard from the dog. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he was also uh, a great addition to the plot, I think. Yeah, 100p. It was just, it was just gorgeous. And it's, it's a different small town vibes to Stars Hollow, where Stars Hollow is like so busy bodies, everyone's in your business. This is more the element of, oh, yeah. if I go to the diner and I see my friend Luke, and if I go to the shop, I see my pet. Like, it's more yeah. that you just, you know, everyone and everyone's really supportive rather than yeah, like, community spirit. Yeah. 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 And they have Gorge. like a community dance, don't they? Which yeah. is what Stars Hollow do as well. So, yeah. you know, same thing. Um, and I guess I put it in the same like group of books as um, All the Lonely People by Mike Gale, The Authenticity nice. Project by Claire Pooley, The Lido by Libby Page. Like that kind of, if you liked any of those, yeah, yeah. you're going to like one good thing. They're so yeah. on my street. It's a good shout. They're so it's up my small town, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> so up your village <laughs> okay good start good I'm going to move us on start. to the next theme which I'm yeah dying to dive into yeah. um and this is money and class and I wanted mm-hmm. to include this in the discussion because I listened to the two-part Gilmore Girls um yeah extravaganza on sentimental garbage where she just so made good. such a fucking valid point about Lorelai that means I want to re-watch it and now with that gaze yeah which is that basically Lorelai comes from money she can make all the crazy decisions that she does because she knows that she can fall back on her parents money she can 100%. run she can run away as a teenager and bring up Rory on her own because when push comes to shove she can just go back to Richard and Emily and get a handout she can 
like they helped with the schooling didn't they with her house with her business with all these things in yeah she can she has achieved in life because that is her background and I'm not saying she didn't do loads for herself because she did she did single-handedly raise Rory but there's an element to her of like no you're actually really entitled without realizing it and you have a lot of privilege that you think you don't have and I mean I still love her it sounds like I don't but it's just interesting to like I can't wait to rewatch it this I, I purposely waited for this time of year um to then be like right I'm tuning into this now that I've heard this fabulous discussion on sentimental garbage I'm watching it with that gaze I think you're so right it's such a valid point and it's yeah it's just her privilege isn't it yeah and I think a lot of this is true for a lot of people yeah in the world yeah. like who who are lucky that they can fall back on their parents and as uh-huh. a result it means that the people that can't fall back on their parents are like no one perhaps believes their struggle because they're like oh well you're obviously like your parents can help you out and it's like not yeah. not the case for everybody yeah. but it's become the norm that you know so many people do get help so mm-hmm. yeah I can't wait for my rewatch just need to sort my Netflix out because it's <laughs> killing me because also sex education is coming back it's a very exciting time I for know. Netflix and I can't fucking log in it's mental um okay so the book we are going to chat about is Pineapple Street Lauren would you like to drop the synop sorry it's by Jenny Jackson I always forget the author <laughs> This unputdownable debut follows three women in an old Brooklyn Heights clan, one who was born with money, one who married into it, and one who wants to give it all away. Darley, the eldest daughter in the well-connected, carefully guarded Stockton family, has never had to worry about money. Darley followed her heart, trading her job and her inheritance for motherhood, sacrificing more of herself than she ever intended. Sasha, Darley's new sister-in-law, has become has come from humble origins, and her hesitancy about signing a prenup has everyone worried about her intentions. And Georgina, the baby of the family, has fallen in love with somebody she can't and really shouldn't have and must confront the kind of person she wants to be. Rife with the indulgent pleasures of life among New York's one percenters, glittering parties, weekend homes, hungover brunches, Pineapple Street is scintillating escapist novel that sparkles with wit and humour. Ah, uh, it's also incredibly fucking readable. It You can just swallow it like in one mm. go. Yeah, I remember I read this when I got back from traveling and I was sick in bed with COVID and it was actually a really good read because it is one of those ones that you can just keep going with and yeah. you don't notice that time's going by. Yeah, and it's also a really interesting one in that you are, again, reading about this really privileged family and yet you are really interested in their problems. Like there's so much going on in the world Mm. that like they all seem really fucking trivial but you're there for it yeah (laughs) (laughs) I I was a bit torn about how I felt about it but because I usually like like rich people behaving badly badly novels like um crazy rich Asians or something like that but there was a part of me that was like it didn't quite hit that like it was just rich people with first world problems and zero self-awareness um also, I don't know about you, but I also imagined this family is the Sackler family and maybe not directly, but like maybe a huge part of their success came from like shady pharmaceutical means, you know? I'm sure it came from shady backgrounds. Yeah. Um, I think for me, they like it's more about the um, the the waspiness of it. 
So for example, yeah. like um, I likened it to On Beauty by Zadie Smith. Like it's not entirely like that, but it's um, it's it's I can't I can't explain. It's like the culture of being rich in New York rather than um we're so rich like it's a bit more like it feels like an insight you're looking behind the door into what these waspy families are like and I think because in my job I deal with um like the British version of these families Mm. for me it's like yeah it's interesting to see it in America because I'm speaking to the wealthy elite of, of the UK in my job yeah um, and so I, I do enjoy that that background. But and I did like the way that it's done with the different perspectives of these different people. So one of them marries a man who is also really wealthy, but they didn't yeah. want to sign the prenup, so she doesn't get any of her family's inheritance as a result of him yeah. not signing it. And then the 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 young woman who just fell in love with a man who happens to be in this yeah. mental family. She's like, I don't want I love you. Like, why do I have to sign this thing? And the way that women are that you know they only talk about the whim her not signing the prenup whereas the husband from the other couple that didn't sign the prenup yeah he didn't get any of the shtick that she's getting as a gold digger yeah I didn't think of it like that actually. yeah and then there's the younger sister who I was just a bit like get a grip <laughs> oh my she was unbearable <laughs> she yeah. was and like uh, yeah I think maybe that's the storyline that I found most challenging was hers because I just didn't believe it um yeah just it was just a lot of rich people like obsessed with tablescapes is yeah they called but they are in real life so that's what I'm like yeah. and like their themed parties and all this sort of stuff like yeah. I, I'm yeah I, I did really enjoy reading it it's it could come across as like a very unimportant book and it is compared to what you know there's so many important books out there about really mm. important subjects but you know it's a fun little inside, inside yeah to read and when it's that readable, it's quite fun. Because on Beauty by Zadie Smith, some bits I was like, okay, I need to need to keep paying attention. And then some bits I was so into, like it's quite yeah. hit like up and downy. Whereas this was just like, you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else to say on that book, or shall we move on? I think let's move on. Okay. Um, so the next topic is obviously mother-daughter relationships. You cannot talk about girl uh-uh. girls without talking about the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> we discussed in planning this episode, actually, that we agreed that the closest we found Lorelai and Rory was in a Tia Williams book, Seven Days in June, and in how they seem more like friends. But because we've spoken about it before, we want to bring you a brand new reco that we haven't mentioned on the pod yet. And Jess, you're going to reco one, aren't you? I am, and much like one good thing I cannot believe I haven't brought it to the pod yet because in I think it was in 2020 I read it um it like just missed out on my top 10 books of the year because I'd already chosen my top 10 and then I read it around Christmas time but like it could have if there was an empty slot I would have taken it um the book is called All My Mothers by Joanna Glenn Uh, and I will drop the snot for you before I go any further meet Eva Martinez Green an only child full of questions about her beginnings Between her emotionally absent mother and her physically absent father, there is nobody to answer them. Eva is convinced that all is not as it seems. Why are there no baby pictures of her? Why do her parents avoid all questions about her early years? What are her parents... When her parents' relationship crumbles, Eva begins a journey to find these answers for herself. 
Her desire to discover where she belongs leads Eva on a journey spanning decades and continents. And along the way, she meets women who challenge her idea of what a mother should be and who will change her life forever. So it's not mother-daughter relationships right. in the Rory Lorelai sense in that it is not about one mother and one daughter. Right. It goes deeper than that because it's about multiple mother figures. So you could you could say it's really one at the mother daughter category, <laughs> um, and it's just gorge. So Eva is our protagonist, and I am pronouncing it's written Eva, but it's Eva as in forever, not evil, which she tells us early on in the book. Oh, yeah, and it's we grow with her throughout the book. So her as a narrator, she starts narrating it as like a seven year old, and so it's all quite juvenile. Right. And then as we grow, it gets more intricate. And I really enjoyed that. And like she has like funny one liners that are like really suited to her age at the time. Uh, it's got short chapters, so it's really readable. And it's just this really gorgeous concept that like her own mother is absent. And she's like, this isn't this isn't what I hear about. And she starts school and on her first day of school, she meets her who will become her absolutely best friend. I'm pretty sure it's called Bridget. Um, but she also discovers this book called The Rainbow Rained Us. And the In what? This- the rainbow rained us and they learn about like these and it's got the seven colors of the rainbows and like as a result then she thinks about the different mothers so there's like blue mum red mum green mum and so she she accumulates these own mothers of her own so the first one is her best friend's mum who is like everything you want in a mum it's this like really busy jewish family Mm -hmm. and there's so much going on and lots of siblings and but the mum is just so comforting and loving and warm and she just wants to be in this family so so much and it's gorgeous but then as she gets older she gets a boyfriend and then she really likes her boyfriend's mum and she's like wow this mum brings like conversation starters to the dinner table every night like what is that uh and like she just goes through like I think one of the mums is also a nun at some point when she goes abroad and it's just really interesting and you know I won't I won't ruin the ending but it's like a growth journey and you'll find out about like the final mother and that sort of thing and Aww. at first I was like oh really a book about someone that's potentially been adopted and they're gonna go find their parent like how often has that been done but it's never yeah. been done like this and it's not quite like that uh and it's just really gorge yeah I remember the cover was beautiful as well yeah and and it must have sold well because the paperback's got the same cover oh, so. we didn't we did. who told us that I can't remember it was I'm so glad they did because now yeah. I'm always like, oh, I've changed the cover. I know about that. Yeah, it might have been Kate Maxwell, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, um, gosh, yeah, that does sound really beautiful. Yeah. Well, speaking of beauty, I think our last book's going to be beautiful. <gasps> Want to oh. move us on to our final uh, genre? Genre? Um. So we alluded at the beginning. Lorelai and Luke are the actual epitome of the will they won't they romance but for some reason we've really struggled to think of a book for this particularly because like one that we haven't referenced on the pod before but then we remembered a less obvious choice and again absolutely astounded we haven't spoken about it on the podcast yet which is Small Worlds by Caleb Azuma Nelson. Yeah it's well because we spoke about it a lot before it came out like yes, how we were excited that was for it. it. Yeah. And so I'm not going to read the official synopsis that I read before we read it because it prepared me for a Billy Elliot story. Oh, it did, yeah. It was a complete um, lie. So I'm actually going to read a description that somebody on Goodreads wrote, and I'm an idiot because I didn't make a note of their name or anything to shout them out, but they did a better job than the uh, 
whichever publisher made up the synopsis. <laughs> um, so we follow our first person narrator, Stephen, the son of a working class Ghanaian immigrants to Peckham through three climactic years from his late teens into his early 20s. A love story with a childhood friend, his alienation from a disapproving father, his untimely experiences with grief and his return to visit his family in Accra, searching for the unspoken parts of his parents' love story. Yeah. So it has alluded to two love stories in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> so it that's, has. You know, will they won't know. Will they know? won't know. There you go. <laughs> um, it's just so freaking gorgeous, this book. I had to look at my reading journal for my review to just remind myself of the plot and like the thoughts I had after I'd finished the book. And I was just completely transported back to the love story. And for me, it also transferred transported me back when I was reading the book to like leaving sixth form and like your first few years of uni and Stephen like mentions at multiple points in the book how he feels like he's on the cusp of adulthood when you're when you know you're not a child anymore you're not a teen anymore but you also don't feel like an adult and you're in like this weird no man's land and you really get that sense that he is just a little bit lost throughout the whole book because he doesn't know where he stands lost lost and lonely are the big feelings of this book yeah lost you're absolutely right and, and I guess that's links back to the title of small worlds is that he he's in this big world but he has all these little small worlds like with his family with Good I can't point. remember his name his love interest yeah and like with like his small groups of friends not yeah. part of like a big boy group or anything and it's so beautiful and it it definitely is will they won't they I was like kicking myself at times when like they go to uni and they split off and he really like goes in on himself yes and was, that was and so then, sad yeah and then they meet up back home uh and I was like will they won't they, will they, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not doing it justice enough but it's because I don't want to spoil anything because yeah. so much bloody happens in such a short book like just then very... for the synopsis it highlights a few things but there's a lot yeah. to it just like with Caleb's first book Open Water it's like very lyrical very poetic um and yeah like there's like a a beat to when you're reading it it's like I can't I don't know what the word for it is but I'm sure there is one where like you're reading it at at a specific pace and the words of the title Small World like are consistently repeated throughout the book as well like what the what small world he's mentioning at certain points it's just beautiful should we share our favorite quotes with each other because this book had plenty to choose from as always Caleb writes a quotable quotable book Uh, okay yeah I have would you like one I've prepared earlier (laughs) I would love one (laughs) um okay grief never ends but we find a way to walk in the light someone has left behind rather than living in pain's shadow yeah, grief is yeah. also a, a big topic in the book, isn't yeah. it? Um, mine was about the love story. And it is, I glance at the ground before stealing another look. She smiles at my shyness and I smile back. It's here when I'm with her. I know that a world can be two people occupying a space where we don't have to explain, where we can feel beautiful, where we might feel free. Isn't that nice? Yeah, fizzy feelings that, isn't it? Fizzy feelings, yes. <laughs> when am I going to trademark that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. What Hang did you on. prefer out of Small Worlds and Open Water? I preferred Open Water. Oh, did you? Um, I preferred Small Worlds. 
Did you? Yeah. Wild. Okay. Yeah. More happens. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, I I like it. I don't need a plot in a book to enjoy it. But then when you compare yeah. the two, I'm like, actually, there's a lot of plot in small worlds. Yeah. Big plot, small worlds. That's what I'm saying about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's your um, review right there. It's going on the new cover. <laughs> big plot, small worlds. <laughs> um, can you wait to now watch Gilmore Girls? I'm all set. And you've um, all got the full episodes. I've got so. one question to part ways with you on. Hit me. Favourite singular. What You're going to choose one favourite character from the whole of Gilmore Girls. I know I've asked you and I haven't prepared my own answer. So I've really <laughs> done myself a whole hit. Oh. Who's my favourite? It might be Suki, I think. Mm, yeah. I like her... Like she's just always chaotic, but then I like that she got a love story and a happy ending. Yeah. And she's a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going and don't come for me. Because obviously when he's bad, he's really bad. But when he's good, I adore him. I'm going Richard. <laughs> I just think he's marvelous when he's marvelous. <laughs> You're right, actually, he is. And it was and the reunion is so sad. Oh, yeah. Without him in it. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess, if you're watching it, not watching it, reading these books, not go and listen to Carolina Donahue, who has also joined us on the podcast, her two-part podcast about sentimental garbage. The point she makes about people losing their virginity in Gilmore Girls is mind-blowing. And I'm not going to ruin it. Go and listen to her podcast. It's really good. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddy because they might like to listen as well and if you don't already then you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter at www.bookrecos.com and we'll send you a monthly roundup of our records you might have missed on instagram